It doesn't say to ignore your own understanding. It just says don't lean on it. Don't don't be solely committed to one perspective. Hello and welcome everybody to episode four of Ascension to Depth. I want to thank everybody who has taken the time to listen and watch this show and to share this show, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. For those of you who have subscribed, thank you. If you haven't, by all means, please go ahead and do so. It expands the show to people who may not necessarily be directly linked to it. But moving on to today's episode, I want to round out the last couple episodes that we've been discussing when it comes to decision making. And today I want to encourage everyone to make decisions with intent that acknowledge God, that take understandings of many perspectives rather than just leaning on one. I want to dive into that here as we go, but to recap the last couple of weeks, we talked about how leaning on your heart and leaning on your mind is not always the way to go. You need to take both into consideration because one divides your way and then the other one narrows your perspective. And then we also talked about how confusion can hit you at any of these points. And regardless of how you get into these confusing moments, these confusing human moments are able to build your faith because faith is not built on certainty. It's built on doubt and confusion. And that opportunity should not be wasted in despair or anxiety but rather in the building of faith. And so getting into today, I want to talk about decisions. I want to talk about intentionally making decisions that acknowledge God and acknowledge wisdom in whatever form it takes. And so to begin, I want to go to Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Everything boils down to a decision. Every single action that you take boils down to a yes or no. And whether you notice it or not, anything you do or don't do was a choice made. And even if there's a quote unquote, no other choice situation, there were other choices. Even if it was just, there was a clearly correct choice. It doesn't mean that there weren't other choices available. It just means that you chose the right choice because it was obviously right. And so Understand that everything you do in life has a consequence as well because you have made a choice. And so when making these choices, you first have to understand how you yourself make decisions. This goes hand in hand with the episode a couple weeks ago where you have to know if you're logical or emotional. But today I want to talk about how you make decisions in the sense of like, Are you ambitious? Are you reckless? Are you methodical? Are you too slow? Are you too fast? Are you a quick thinker? You think on your feet and every decision you make is quick because you know momentum works with you. Or if you make too many decisions in a row, do the quality of your decisions start to go down the drain because you're supposed to take a little bit more time. But regardless of how you make these decisions, regardless of your mindset when making the decisions, what's important is figuring out where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are because it's like playing chess not one play style is really better than the other it really just depends on how proficient you are in the style that you play there isn't a right or wrong it's a matter of are you good at how you do it 
Or are you trying to do it like someone else does it and then in turn you end up ruining the decisions you make because you're not even thinking like yourself. You can lose an entire game of chess because you tried to mimic somebody instead of going your way, instead of making the decisions in your manner. And so understanding the way you make decisions is very, very important. And if you want to figure out what kind of decision maker you are, or if you want to figure out the decisions or the way other people around you make decisions, a fun little experiment is planning a road trip. Just start a group chat with a bunch of your friends and say, let's do a road trip. And then you get to see a bunch of different types of thinking manifest right in front of your eyes because you'll usually always have that one person who self-appoints themselves as the leader and usually they already have a plan they come up with all the stops they come up with the specific route and you're gonna stay here we're gonna go here during this time and we're gonna go here at this time and then we're gonna spend the night here and then we're gonna get to the destination at this time and so they've controlled so much of the trip that there's nothing left to chance and then the problem with that though is that they can't really enjoy each individual part because they're worried about the next thing and then you also have the people on the other side of the coin who are just like get in the car let's go we'll figure it out as we go along we're gonna have so much fun and then the next thing you know you're in an Applebee's parking lot and then you're like so where are we sleeping and everybody's like I don't know and then no one booked a hotel and you have no idea what you're gonna do and then you had no idea that you were going to be spending the night in the back of a Camry because you had no forward thinking and no forward planning. But usually also there's people in the middle that don't really do either. They don't plan ahead a bunch of steps and they don't just go out willy nilly. They usually have a rough idea of a plan and they're more of an A to B person. Like for example, me, when I moved to Illinois, I was very A to B. It was, I wasn't looking to sightsee along the way. I wasn't looking to do anything along the way i went from florida to tennessee to illinois i just went a b c and there was nothing that caught my attention there was nothing i wanted to do along the way i just wanted to get where i was going and then that was it and i'm like that when it comes to road trips as well if i'm going to a certain destination that i know i'm going to have fun at that destination i'm not looking for the journey to be fun i'm just looking to get to the destination and so you have to figure out what type of decision maker you are Regardless of how you think, whether you're ambitious, methodical, or reckless, you're usually leaning on your understanding. And I want to dive into that now because it's natural to only rely on what you know. Because when you are thinking of a next step, when you're thinking of the next decision you have to make, there is a fear involved with allowing that decision to be made by somebody else. And so, a lot of times we take on too much control of that decision and then we end up hurting ourselves later because we didn't have a broad enough perspective. And so that's why I believe the Bible says not to lean on your own understanding. It doesn't say to ignore your own understanding. It just says don't lean on it. Don't, don't be solely committed to one perspective because it could give you consequences that you could have avoided. And it's why I believe that God has placed so many avenues of wisdom in our lives, whether it be parents, teachers, mentors, friends, the word of God, God himself. There are so many different avenues of wisdom and those avenues of wisdom can teach you where to go and where not to go. 
but all our wisdom because it broadens the understanding that you have and you're no longer leaning on a limited perspective. And with that extra piece of information, you've given yourself limitless possibilities because the more you broaden the spectrum of knowledge you intake, the more you broaden the decisions that you can make and the benefits that you can have from those decisions. It goes without saying as well that some people can learn by just seeing the results of something happening to someone else. And for those people, you know, God bless you because you can just look at the results of someone else and just know I'm not going over there or I'm not doing that thing or I am going to do that thing or I am going to go over there. And for those types of people, by all means, do that. Like learn as you go, make the decisions as you go by taking in as much information as possible and just being like, not doing that, not doing that. I'm going to do this. Nothing wrong with that. But for me and for most people, I assume that action leads to understanding. When you do something, it leads to you learning more about it. And so it's why I have not necessarily a problem, but a hesitation when I hear somebody tell me, learn from my mistakes. I know it was something that my father used to tell me all the time, learn from my mistakes, learn from my experience which I believe that statement cuts both ways. I believe it cuts good and bad because I believe that there is wisdom in what people have experienced. I believe that there is knowledge in the path that people have taken before you that you can learn and you can glean knowledge from the mistakes that people have made and the consequences that people have gone through. However, it is very dangerous to say that to someone because you could cut off their ambition or cut off their desire or fuel an ambition or desire that can be taken too far. For example, for me, whenever I heard the statement, learn from my mistakes or learn from my experiences, I didn't take it as a warning. I took it as a challenge. I took it as a obstacle to overcome, not a obstacle to be avoided or a danger to be avoided. When somebody says, don't do that because this will happen, I want to do it to show them that it won't. And it's where you get the idea of like a rebel, somebody who cuts against the grain to show that it's possible or pushes against a boundary or a limit to show that it's movable. And on the one hand, I agree with it because we live in an age where a lot of the things we have, whether it be phones, other technologies, science and medicine and things that we enjoy like television, shows, and even clothing at the end of the day is birthed from people who weren't wanting to keep doing things the way that they've been done and willing to push against a boundary to try and make something new. And so I believe that it's very dangerous to say learn from my mistake or learn from my experience, but there is wisdom and knowledge in other people's mistakes and other people's successes as well. I keep saying mistakes, but you can learn from other people's successes as well. And you can learn from other people's mistakes. I just don't think that you should be bound to any set of action because of them. And I think that you get the most out of a decision when you do take other perspectives into account. Not that I'm saying that every little decision that you make needs to be brought before somebody like for approval. Like you don't need to go to your pastor and be like, should I get the biscuit or the McGriddle? It's obviously the McGriddle. You don't need to even ask. It's not debatable. But you do yourself a disservice when you limit the 
perspectives. And sometimes you do yourself a disservice when you take in every single little perspective from people that you don't want you know, influencing your life. Like there's a saying, stop taking advice from people that you don't want to be like. You know, I think that rings true a little bit. Like if you're seeing somebody fail at everything that they do and then they tell you like, you need to do this, like, no, you don't. You probably don't need to do it. Unless they're telling you to do the opposite of what they're doing, in which case, you know, it might work out. But what I'm saying is, is that your decisions shouldn't be bound to your perspective alone. You do yourself a very big disservice by not branching out your knowledge. Understand the perspectives of the people around you. Understand the perspectives of those that God has put in your life above you and in your circle. Whether it be from God or man, lessons can be found everywhere. And if you're making decisions without knowledge, then you're just guessing. And if you're knowledge is hindering you and keeping you in place, if your own perspective is keeping you rooted in the place that you can't move forward, then the knowledge you have is useless. Unless the right decision is, you know, not walking in the traffic, knowledge that keeps you immobile doesn't help you. But regardless, I know it's a bit cliche to say that the decisions you make today will make your future, but the decisions you make today will make your future. Moving on to the idea of free will, Think about what that means to you. What does free will mean to you? Because that's another thing that decisions are rooted in. Decisions are rooted in the ability to make them. And so what does free will mean to you? A lot of people say it's the ability to do whatever you please. In the short form, yeah, it's true. Free will is the ability to make whatever decision you want. But in the full scope of things, free will is taking the responsibility of your actions, meaning the consequences of your actions are yours and yours alone. You cannot blame God or blame anyone else for the consequences or rewards that you receive in your life because you have made the decisions. Even when it's you deciding to follow God, you know, the blessings that he gives to you, the blessings that you earn, if you will, through the decisions you made, are yours. They're your blessings because you made the right decision. The same with consequences. When you decide to walk away from God, when you decide to do a sinful thing, when you decide to do a wrong thing, you and you alone open yourself up to the consequences. So decisions are the extension of free will, but free will in reality is not the right to action. It's the responsibility of repercussion. So Let's take addiction, for example, and I'm not a geneticist, so I'm not saying that I know everything about addiction or that this illustration is true for everybody across the board. I'm just saying what I've observed. I know a lot of people who are addicted to a lot of things, and so this is what I've observed from an addiction. It's never presented as bondage. An addiction is never presented as shackles and chains, and a pastor revealed it to me pretty well when he said that the addiction, whatever it may be, is presented as a link. Whether it's social media, drugs, people, shopping, whatever the addiction is, the first thing it's presented as isn't the bondage, it's presented as a choice. It's presented as freedom. Like, hey, do you want to do this? Here's the option to do it. And so when you take the option, you take on the link. And then when you do it again, you add a link to that link. And then you add another link when you decide to do it again. And what comes of that 
is what binds you. The thing that binds you or the thing that frees you is made in the decision, in the repeated decision over and over and over again. That's what makes the chains that bind you. They don't suddenly just drop on you and it's not like the addiction presented itself as, hey, I'm an addiction. You're gonna be dependent on me for the rest of your life. You're never gonna be as happy as the first time that you do it. You're always gonna be longing for more. You're gonna be unsatisfied with other avenues of your life. I'm gonna potentially ruin you and the relationships you hold. It's never presented as that. Very, very rarely is it presented as that, but it is presented as like, hey, do this one time. Do this tonight. Do this, you know, tomorrow. Let's go on a weekend. Let's have a fun weekend. Do this, this, that. And then before you know it, the chains have kind of wrapped around you because you kept making the same decision. And the same with freedom. Every time that you take a step towards God, you lose the things that were holding you back. You lose more of the things that were binding you to that one spot. I believe that God delivers people spontaneously from a lot of things. But I do also believe that God does present people with constant choices in the right direction to unbind them from things. And so decisions make up things like addictions, habits, and perspectives. So that's why the Bible says to acknowledge God in all your ways. Because if the acknowledgement of God is at the center of every decision that you make, you get a much clearer path. You get a much more stable path. Your limited information, your limited biases, your limited perspective is no longer making you bump into every single thing, making you make irrational or rash decisions. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You're leaning on God. You're leaning on the wisdom of the people that God put into your life. And now the acknowledgement of the Lord lights the way of each decision that you make. And you're going to have to choose. Decisions have to be made. And Joshua in Joshua 24 and 15 says it best to me, where he says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, this could be correlated to like generational curses, like are you going to keep serving the thing that's kept your family bound for years and years? Are you going to keep serving the thing that has kept you where you are since you could remember? Or, he says, the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Are you going to be bound to the things that are coming at you from, from the future? Like from the perspective of fame, of money, of, of popularity. Are you going to choose your flesh are you going to serve what the world is trying to push on you now? So it doesn't have to be what was a problem before. It could be a problem to come. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to acknowledge God in all my ways. I'm going to choose to serve the Lord regardless of the things around me, regardless of what people choose around me regardless of what has bound me before and what can potentially bind me in the future i choose that me and my house will serve the lord and you can make that decision as personal for yourself you know some of you don't even have a house to lead as for you and yourself you're going to serve the lord the bible also says it's impossible to serve two masters in matthew 6 and 24 it says no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or man. You cannot serve your own self-indulgence. You cannot serve your own 
pride. You cannot serve the opinions of others and the opinions of uh, of people who don't matter in the long run. You can't serve popularity, serve fame, serve fortune, and serve God at the same time. You need to serve one. You can have the other. You can have money. You can have fame. You can have a bunch of friends, but you cannot serve them. You serve God, and whatever byproduct comes of it, God bless you. But the decision needs to be to acknowledge God in all your ways. And every decision you make needs to be an acknowledgement of God. Your decisions serve somebody. And so in order for them to actively serve God, you need to make the active choice to not serve the things unlike God. Even if at times that means you don't serve yourself. Analyze how you make decisions. Is your perspective the only perspective? Do you have too many perspectives? Are you ignoring the perspectives of the right people, of the people that God has put in your life? Are you listening to every opinion or just a select few that you like hearing? Whose understanding are you leaning on? Are you acknowledging God in the decisions you make? I encourage you to analyze the process that you go through when making decisions and then adjusting to where you are no longer stumbling through a forest of unknown paths, but confidently following the will of God and confidently following the path that he illuminates for you through the wisdom of the people he's put in your life, through the wisdom of his word, through the wisdom that he gives you in prayer, through the wisdom that he just gives you in experiencing everyday life. Understand how God would make a decision and then translate that into your life. An easy, quick example. If somebody hurts you at work, if somebody hurts your feelings or or backstabs you or does something against you at work, and then you're presented with the opportunity to get revenge, you may have every right to it, an eye for an eye and all that. But then remember what it says in Luke, and unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. What he's saying here is that you have the option to respond by blessing the people that curse you. And with that type of message in the back of your head, do you believe that God would want you to make things even? Or do you believe that God would rather you uphold the Christian image that you say you have? Because you don't know the impact that you could have on someone, whether it be the person that came against you or somebody watching. You have no idea the impact that it could have on their perspective of what a Christian is and your decision saved your testimony and your testimony can be used to save someone else. Your choice can save or destroy you. Be active in your decision making. Go into things intentionally. Two weeks ago, we talked about how properly thinking involves the mind and the heart. And then last week, we talked about confusion and how it can hinder the decision-making process. This week, I want to encourage you to take everything we've talked about in the last couple of weeks and today, understand who you are in making the decisions and how you make them, and also make them with intent, with the knowledge that God has given you, with the perspectives that God has given you, with the wisdom of other people, with the understanding that your understanding isn't the only one. Understand that your decisions need to serve God and then make those decisions with intent. Make those decisions with purpose. Ask yourself, what would happen if every decision you made had an eternal consequence? And then when you put that kind of severity, I don't believe that every decision you make has an eternal consequence, but when you put that type of severity onto every decision, 
your decision making becomes a lot more careful. It becomes a lot more precise. So be sure in your steps. Be like Joshua and make the decision to serve the Lord regardless of your atmosphere, regardless of your peers, your circumstance. Decide today that your decisions will bring you closer to God and not farther away. And with that, I hope that this episode has been beneficial to you and that I've given you a lot to think about and that I've encouraged you to make the right types of decisions, to understand the decisions you make and to move forward when making decisions and not stumbling backwards or being confused. So I hope that this has been a blessing to you and I hope that anybody that you share it with is blessed by it. So thank you for watching. God bless you and Godspeed.